getting you set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans, presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. Oh, yeah. Sounds so good. Yes, it does. Our final football Friday of the year. Oh, Bittersweet, man. Bittersweet. That is. That is. That is. Not good. Not good. Not good. But this is good. Friday's good. Weekend is good. Super Bowl is good. Mark in Vegas is good. Having you all here is good. So let's just turn that up. We are off. Rogue did not go rogue. Yes. Sydney behind the glass along with uh, Johnny Fever. Way to go, Rogue. Good to have Rogue back, by the way. She was uh, not feeling well. Yeah. Earlier in the week, but she's good. She's rebounding. Got a smile on her face. Right. She's happy as Friday. We rode up in the elevator together. We both had that kind of just both did the little... We did a little nod at each other, you know, a little yeah, like, yeah. Uh, hey, it's uh, it's it's 5.30. We don't feel like talking to, her, to each other yeah. right now. So Her just... boo rating is going up right now. Yes, it Back is. Back from being sick. That's right. <laughs> I like that. How you I doing? Like How that. was Vegas? You turned it I... out last night or what? Oh, oh Mike, what a... I, can't... I was so excited today to talk to you because what a night I had. Okay. I mean, you want to talk about big time. Let's hear it. All right, so... I left uh, Radio Row about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, got back to the hotel about 3.30, was in the gym about 3.45, got done with the gym about 4.45, then went up to my room, called my wife, and then I read for a while. And when I walked down to the gym, I noticed there was like a little food court that had a little taco place. Uh-huh. So around 6 o'clock, I ran down after reading for uh, an hour and a half or so, I ran down there and got myself some street tacos. Uh-huh. And then I was back in my room, oh, called home. I know where this is going. Read a little bit. And then my big disappointment of the night, the Nuggets were on. Yes. So I go, all right, I'm going to watch this Nuggets-Lakers yeah, game. Yeah, Starting yeah, 7 o'clock here, right? Yep, yep. So I clicked on to TNT. It was blacked out. So what? apparently, apparently Cronky owns Vegas. Wait a minute. It was? Blacked out. It wasn't blacked out here. It was blacked out. Seriously. Why would, why would it be blacked out in Vegas? I have no idea. Is it because they're a, uh, is it because they're a, uh, like, it's, it's got to be something to do with Lakers, right? Are they, I, I are they tied not. to, are they tied to uh, the, the Warriors? I don't, I don't, I didn't understand it. No, that makes sense. So what you did instead was go downstairs and uh, go hunker down in the sports bar and watch the game, right? No, I read for about another half an hour, and then I turned the lights off at 7.30. <laughs> but tonight, tonight. Uh, tonight. A, oh, tonight. Tonight's a big night. I'm, I'm going to dinner with Wingo and some folks at Nobu uh-huh. in Caesars yeah, Palace. Yeah, yeah. And it's going to be an event. Oh. Completely uh, comped. Oh, so, that's good. Yeah, so we're going to get our eat on. Yeah. And then uh, who knows what happens who after knows? that. Who knows? Who knows? It could get kooky. Last night, last night was one of those nights where it was the one night this week that that you've been in Vegas that I really wish I was there was last night because that would have been just so much fun to go to a sports book. You got the Avs on, 
Then you got uh, CU's on. Then you got the Nuggets Lakers, knowing that there would be a lot of fraud Laker fans there as mm-hmm. well, front-running posers, and would have been right. able to rub it in with them. So that would have that would have been a lot of fun. That would have been a lot of fun. Would have been a good time, Mike. Oh, by the way, I just uh, you know just so everybody knows, um, I talked to Dwayne Johnson yesterday for about five minutes. He says hi. He misses you. That would be The Rock. The Rock. Yes. Uh, then I talked to Drew Brees. <laughs> oh. He also says hi. He misses okay. you as well. We need to Drew talk Brees, about that. That was interesting. Okay. Um, Very it, that was curious to hear about that conversation. That was interesting conversation. Who else? I talked to Dion. 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 Dion says, get that bull junk out of here. That's right. So I uh, got invited up. He wants me. He's, he's desperate for me to come up there and uh, and you know, do some stuff with the team. So okay. he, he keeps begging me to go up there. So, but he says hi. All right. He don't want me to tell you hi. Good. Oh, uh, yeah. So good so, to know that I missed. Yes, you are. You are missed. They're like, where's Mike? Everybody was like, <laughs> where is Mike? And I'm like, hey, listen, the little fella didn't get to come this time. So anyhow, oh. um, and I just a bunch of, I just bumped into it yesterday. Well, yesterday I was doing a, like a satellite media tour right. for my, uh, folks at low T center and um, get your numbers checked. Anyhow, um, they were, they were great, but I just, I mean, I, I was here from, you know, four thirty in the morning until I left here at about three, three o'clock in the afternoon. So anyhow, I, I bumped in and talked to a lot of folks and, uh, they all miss you. Okay. Well, uh, please, uh, if you run into them again, please send them my best. Uh, we okay. saw the, again, the best of the nuggets. Uh, I stayed up. I watched it right to the uh, exciting, Conclusion and that just awesome two-minute finish at the end when the Nuggets were uh, tied. It looked like the game was in doubt, but, man, this team just... They're the best closers in the NBA. The best closers in the NBA, they, bar they, none. They got bar the none. best. They got the best four, fourth quarter boo rating in basketball. Absolutely, absolutely. So we'll uh, get your thoughts on that. Seven straight wins over the Lakers. Uh, if you include the playoff sweep, but uh, Brian Winhorse says that's the best seven-game losing streak mm-hmm. against one team he's ever seen. Yes, yes. Uh, the Avalanche. Oof. Okay, at, Dude, uh, are you starting to worry? At some point, we can't just blame the break. Uh, we were on a break. Um, yeah. Yeah. They're they're oh for the road trip thus far. One point out of a possible six. Uh, last night, a, a wacky game. Um, uh, you know, Carolina player gets a, a natural hat trick to go up three nothing. The Avs uh, score the two quickest goals in franchise history to make it three uh, two. But they just can't get over the hump. They 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 continue to be plagued by the same stuff, getting off to slow starts. And it's it's one of those things where unless they're especially on the road, you know how it is supporting players. Uh, bench players, younger players, they tend to play better at home than they do on the road. And and right now, unless the Avs' top guys are just playing out of their minds, they're just not getting enough help. Uh, this it, It's becoming obvious. They're going to have to – well, two things are becoming obvious. One, they got to get Val back. They have to get him back, and he's got to have his head on straight. And it, it's becoming pretty clear they're going to have to do something pretty significant at the uh, trade deadline because what, what I'm seeing isn't enough to win a cup. Not close. Mm. So, mm. yeah, no, I mean it's uh it's been a disappointing break. After the break, it's been disappointing. These three games have been really disappointing. And congratulations to Randy Gratishar, uh, who goes cool into that? the uh, NFL. 
Pro Football Hall of Fame. We uh, strongly suspected that was going to be the case a, a couple of months ago and uh, became official, so well-deserved. It, it took a long time, longer than it should have, but uh, ultimately justice was done. Randy Gratishar in the uh, Pro Football Hall of Fame. That'll be going on uh, later this summer. So, lot to get to. It is a uh, Is It Just Me Friday where we give you a chance to unload your hot sports takes on us. Give it to us in the form of uh, Is It Just Me. It can be about anything, everything in between. We just want humor. We want opinion. We want snark. And give it to us in the form of uh, Is It Just Me. Up next. Next, the NFL awards were handed out. Did the voters vote themselves a deserving MVP? That's next. The power's out at our house. Ah, coffee table. But since our family has storm-ready Wi-Fi from Xfinity, we can stream or game in the dark. As I try and fill around for a seat. Ah, here we go. Oh, who moved the couch? Get storm-ready Wi-Fi only from Xfinity, so you can stay connected for up to four hours, even when the power goes out. Restrictions apply. Limited to customers within range of 4G LTE cellular signal. Speeds reduced to 30 slash 7 megabits per second. Actual speeds vary. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash StormReady. Getting you set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. Mark live out in Vegas at the Super Bowl Radio Row. We'll dive into the game a little bit more. What has to happen for Kansas City to win, for San Francisco to win? We'll get to all that. Yesterday, last night, we saw the awards handed out. The top awards were handed out. Uh, Some of uh, what went down, in case you missed it, Christian McCaffrey, uh, the Offensive Player of the Year. Cleveland's Miles Garrett, the Defensive Player of the Year. Joe Flacco, not DeMar Hamlin. The NFL Comeback Player of the Year. Hamlin had more uh, first-place votes, but Flacco had more second- and third-place votes. Flacco edges out Hamlin. Did they get that one right, Mark? Um, I just don't know how a guy dies on a football field the year before and literally makes it back. Now, he didn't play a ton, but I just, that one's a that one I thought was a slam dunk. Yeah, no, they didn't get that right. I guess they look at it that the comeback player of the year has to play, right? It has to be the not only come back from wherever he was, but but play and play at a pretty yeah. high level. I, I guess think, that was I just the think if you, that was the vote against Hamlin. Yeah, I think if you pull a Lazarus yeah. and you come back from the dead, <laughs> yeah, that guy died on the football field. Yes, he like, did. They had to restore his restore his heartbeat. Like, I, I would think, and, you know, I mean, for the most part, like, you're just not going to come back and play from that. And the fact that he came back and was a contributor to the Buffalo Bills and did play in games, I, but again, you know what, it took voters, what, 30-some-odd years or 40 years to vote Randy Gratishar into the Hall of Fame. So, like, these guys are not the smartest people, these voters. Kevin Stefanski won the NFL Coach of the Year, edging out to D'Amico Ryans of the Texans. Sean Payton did not win. That's a mistake. That's a surprise. That's a, that is a mistake. That was a surprise. And Lamar Jackson won the MVP. Second time MVP for Lamar Jackson uh, if you look at the other multiple, the other multiple NFL MVPs, um, you've got Peyton Manning, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. Tom Brady, Brett Favre, 
Patrick Mahomes, Joe Montana, and Steve Young. Um, all of those players, all of those players uh, won a Super Bowl. Right. Lamar Jackson has one playoff win in yeah. his career. Uh, there is a there is a prevailing sentiment that uh, even if Lamar Jackson were to uh, stop playing right now, he'd be a Hall of Famer. Do you agree? No, no. I think he's got two playoff wins because he won one this year. Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Beat the Texans. Yeah, two wins. Right. Two playoff um, wins. No, no, no. Not as of as currently constructed. No, no. Um, now, if he goes on and, and has another five or six years where he's exceptional and doesn't win a championship, but maybe wins another MVP, then yes. But as currently, like if his career is to end today, no, I don't think he's a Hall of Famer. You got to win a championship. <laughs> I think you got to at least get to a championship. Yeah. Or a championship game. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So. Yeah, I don't think he's a. Uh, I don't think he's a Hall. How many did Dan Marino? Did Dan just go to that one Super Bowl? No, no, no. they lost to the. Yeah, Niners? but Dan Marino is not a a multiple. No, no, no. I, I'm just I'm just wondering. He he just went to one, right? Correct. But that, yeah, but Dan was just a. Dan was a, at another level throwing the football. Anyhow, yeah, no. At, at, like if the if if their careers were to end today, he and Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes goes directly to the Hall of Fame. Correct. Lamar doesn't. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lamar went to the. Uh, they went to the AFC Championship game, but of course, uh, lost to uh, to Kansas City. So what? What does what does Lamar Jackson winning two MVPs based on terrific regular seasons? I I don't have any issue yeah. with him winning the MVP. Don't do not get me wrong. He is absolutely deserving, and he was near unanimous. Uh, he got forty nine of the fifty first place votes. Josh Allen got the other one, but he was a landslide winner. I don't have any issue with it, but what does him winning two MVPs, regular season awards, but being a playoff uh, bust to this point, what, is, what does that tell us? What's, that, what's the message that that tells us? Well, I mean, the message to me is there's a way that you win in the NFL, and especially when you get to the playoffs, and... Um, you've got to be able. You got to be able to win from the pocket on a consistent basis. You've got to. I mean, look at Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy. You can say whatever you want about Brock Purdy, but he has hoisted his team on his shoulders in a drop back role in the second half of two games back to back, and led them to victory in which their team did not play well at all. And to me, to really like when you get down and things aren't your like things are not going your way and you're down in the game, your quarterback is going to have to win in a drop back game. And I mean, it's great that he's turning the NFL on its head. It's awesome that um, that the game has changed to a degree because of guys like Lamar. It's been amazing to watch. It's fun to watch. But you get down by ten, you get down by seventeen. You know what you got? Fourteen. You know what you got to do in this league? You got to drop back in a drop back game, spread offense, and you got to throw them back into you know contention. And that is not what Lamar does well. And so, and you know, and and until. A Lamar or somebody like Lamar wins the Super Bowl, um, I will continue to, to fall on the sword that I got to have a drop back guy quarterback my team. I got I have a guy that can win from the pocket quarterback my team. On the Robinslaw.com text line, Sean Payton did not win. I seriously haven't laughed that hard in a long time. You people are good. I, I'm surprised, Mike. It's a little bit of shock. I thought maybe, 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 but um, oh well. 
Sean of Longmont writes in, is it just me or is the fact that Mike Shanahan is not in the Hall of Fame beyond ludicrous? Oh, Sean, it is not just you. Uh, congratulations to Randy Gratishar getting in. And, and the good news is, is that after what seemed decades of the Broncos being snubbed repeatedly when it came to the Hall of Fame, at least now the floodgates have opened and, and we're, we're seeing a bunch of guys uh, get in and, and Shanahan will will and should be the next one. Um, I don't know what's taking so long, but yeah, you know, let's get it done. Whether it be his own record, uh, his, his impact on the game offensively, his coaching tree, I can't think of any, and this is not a homer I'll, call I'll, either. This is I'll this is just what, obvious, and, and and you know how I feel about Mike, yeah, so this is a big yeah. statement right there. I, I I'll tell you exactly why he's not going in, why he hasn't gone in. Why? Again, this happens to be how stupid voters are, because they don't want a guy to be in the Hall of Fame and then come back to coach. They're nervous because he's flirted and he's had teams reach out to him about coaching. They don't want to elect him into the Hall of Fame and then have him, oh, all of a sudden he becomes a living Hall of Famer coaching a, a team. Yeah. And that's no and cap. Which is, which is stupid. Mike, I'm with you. I hear your disappointment, but that's real. That, has he, that, has he told, but he's told you that he would never coach while Kyle's, while Kyle's coaching. coaching. Yes. Yep. And Kyle's not going anywhere. No. So, yeah, but he has had... He's had multiple opportunities, man. He's he's had you know people reach out to him, um, and, and of course they would. I mean, why wouldn't you? Coming um, up, anyhow. I'm sorry. Go. All ahead. right, that's okay. That's okay. Coming up, morning brew. We'll hear uh, Michael Malone on how the uh, Nuggets came up clutch yet again as they continue to own the Lakers. And Randy Gratishar with a, a thank you message to you, Broncos country. That's next. It's time for your morning brew. Grab a cup of joe and get caught up on everything you need to know. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Last night, just another exquisite example of how the Nuggets are the best closers in the NBA. Specifically, of course, Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. The Lakers had come back. They battled back. It looked like the Nuggets might blow them away on Kobe Bryant night, but... The Lakers did battle back, and we were looking at a tie basketball game with a two and a half minutes left. It was 104-104. And then Jamal Murray with a cold-blooded swinging around a screen at the top of the key, hits a three. Uh, Murray then makes a floater. You just saw the best of big game Murray in this one. That, that made it 109-104. And then a beautiful play by Nikola Jokic. Austin Reeves went for a a steal and and Jokic just just the presence of mind just knew it was like he was eyes in the back of his head radar as Michael Malone called it found Michael Porter Jr in the corner for a 3 112 104 in the span mark of literally 51 seconds they took a 104-104 game and blew it open to 112-104. Yeah, it was unbelievable. And you you were right about Murray coming off the screen, that high screen, and just off the dribble, just floating that three-pointer. It was that's a thing of beauty. And um and just they've got that. They've got that about them in crunch time, their ability to play together, their ability to to, you know, knock down shots, but mostly just to make the right play and play together. That's what that's what impresses me about that. Well, it impresses Michael Malone as well. Well, that means that there's a complete buy-in. I mean, uh, we preach being selfless all the time, trusting the past, playing with the .5 mentality, good to great, all the different you know, coaching cliches that you could use in terms of trying to be unselfish. And you can talk about it, 
But if you're not about it on the court, well, then it's just a hollow word. But our guys live it. You know, they, they walk that walk, and, and I think everybody in that court is constantly trying to make the guy next to them better. It felt mm. like the, the finish felt like um, during the sweep last year in the playoffs, I think it was game three, where it was, it was like that in the fourth quarter. Close game. Crowd was into it. You know, you thought, okay, your Lakers might be able to get back into the series. And then the Nuggets just absolutely, in the span of a couple of minutes, just took them apart. Took yeah. them apart, executed, scored on every possession, and blew the game open. Ball game over, series over. And you saw that again last night. Seven straight, by the way, seven straight wins for the Nuggets over the Lakers going back to uh, last yeah. year's series. You know what I loved about Michael Malone's just one of the things he said, one of the cliches he uses? That point five men- mentality, mentality, point five, like everybody's a point. Like we're gonna make the right pass, the right play. Uh, that at least that's how I took the point five mentality. Is that's you know what we're gonna do it like everybody's a point guard out there, and and everybody's gonna distribute to one another for the best play, which is really it, it is. It's one of those things easy to talk about, hard to do. And they definitely do it better than anybody else in the NBA. Next on the Morning Brew, the Avalanche tough road trip coming out of their long all-star break continues to be uh, just that tough. They lose in Carolina last night 5-2. to two, And uh, the power play has really struggled. 0-6 for 6 last night. 0 for the trip thus far for Jared Bednar's team. We entered the zone a few times. They stuffed us a few times, but even on the ones that we entered, um, making a play away from their pressure, and then the pressure's on again, and we just didn't handle their pressure very well. Like, we were a little bit slow moving into those support positions, and they're, they're coming hard and skating hard. And right now, Mark, this team just does not have, right now, the the the, the requisite depth. They're just not getting enough contributions uh, when it's five on five. And so anytime you have these kind of power play chances, you got to take advantage of them. Not only were they struggling on the power play, a couple times they had power plays that were cut short because uh, players committed uh, a silly uh, pick or interference penalties, uh, one on Ryan Johansson, one on uh, Jonathan Druin. Uh, stopped a couple of penalty uh, power plays right in their tracks. So uh, they're scuffling right now. They are definitely mm. scuffling. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And, um, you know, the time off and all that. It, it, it's just like I said from game one, it's not an excuse. Everybody had time off. So they got to get their stuff together. And I think you made a good point. You know, I know you do the hockey podcast, but I think you made a good point. They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to address it. Because as currently constructed, it doesn't feel, it just doesn't feel right. Nope. feels like they're missing a piece. And I know they're missing Val. But it still feels like they're missing a piece. That was the new guy, by the way. Parise yeah. scored last night. That okay. was good. Um, yeah. You know, he's 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 fine. You know, okay. he's fine. Oh, he is fine. He's fine. <laughs> he is fine. <laughs> okay. Next no, on no, the... No, he's no, hey, he's no Sam Hartman, though. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the uh, Morning Brew, Randy Gratishar going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It is now official. Hey, Broncos country. Hall of Famer Randy Gratishar. And I want to say thank you for all of your support that you've given to the Broncos, and particularly during that Orange Crush era. It's just a real honor for me to be accepted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame back in Canton, Ohio. And it's all because of you, and it's all because of the Orange Crush defense. Oh, that's good. That's, that's good. Well, good, well that's deserved. Great. And I know for for the, the older Bronco fan out there, this has been a, a long time coming for you as a, uh, a fan. Well deserved and uh, very much overdue. 
It is, man. I'm so glad. I'm so glad to see Randy Gratishar get in. I mean, that, that guy. You know, when you start thinking about like when I grew up watching, you know, those teams in the '70s, um, and you know, it was always, hey, the best linebackers in football. You know, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers with Jack Ham and Jack Lambert and those guys, and then it was Randy Gratishar. That those were the guys everybody talked about, and like mean, everybody else went in, and Randy's just been waiting around, and so anyhow. Glad to see him get in. Uh, long overdue, but I'm glad he's finally in there. Next on the uh, Morning Brew, as we get set for Sunday, 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 the Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes out there with Andy Reid. What a connection those two have. It's really cool. I mean, just being with Coach Reid for, for so long now, um, I have a good feel for the game plan, good feel for how he calls plays. And a lot of the times he'll call the play that I, I want him to call um, before I even get it in. I mean, just, just having a good feel for what he's thinking. Um, I think that's what great uh, coaches and, and, and players' connections kind of go is whenever you can kind of call the plays that you know the coach is going to call. Yeah, we're talking about Mike Shanahan and how deserving he is to be in the in the Hall of Fame immediately, pronto. Let's, uh, let's not wait any longer. But did you guys have that kind of – relationship with with Mike as a play caller during your those three years where yeah. you were winning more games than anybody in NFL history? Yeah, you know, it, it it's situationally, Mike. So and and this is one of the things when I consult or talk to talk to play callers in the league, um, the importance of knowing who you are. And you know, I always say this and it's not a cliche thing, like having an identity and in in situations like you get into the red zone. I know what the plays are coming in. Like, I know what we run well. When you get into short yardage and you're a conversion team, you know, know, like second down and one was never a shot play for us where we're going to go down the football field. No, we're converting and we're putting people on the ground. We're going to try to hurt you. And, you know, and so you knew, like, uh, second down and one, I could tell you it's one of three plays that are coming in. It's either 14, 15 handoff, 18, 19 handoff, or we're on a QB sneak. And it was like, so you don't even know, you know, essentially, you know what's going to happen. And when you're all in sync that way, as a play caller and a player, um, it just brings it just brings so much confidence. And you can see the confidence with which Kansas City plays because they know everybody on that. And it's not just Patty. Patty. It's not just Patty. Patty. It's, it's everybody. I'm here. <laughs> hey, that was pretty good. I'm Mike. here. Uh, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. That'll do it for the uh, Morning Brew. Coming up next. Oh, I can't wait to hear about this. Mark ran into and had a chat with Drew Brees. Oh, I can't wait to hear what they talked about. That's next. Getting you set for the big game in Las Vegas. Here's Schlereth and Evans. Presented by Smart Union Local 9 Sheet Metal Workers. On this, a final football Friday of the season. Mark in Vegas on Radio Row. Had a chance to talk with Drew Brees. I want to get to that. First, though, let's set it up. Drew was on with a pro football talk yesterday. Uh, Mike Florio and uh, Chris Sims. And Brees uh, talking about uh, about Russ. And and, and listen listen to the, uh, the, the key phrase in all of this. It kind of played out the way I thought it would, honestly. Um, I, I think, look, I think Russell has a skill set, and I think Russell is still going to be able to go and have a great, you know, rest of his career. Be able to go <laughs> elsewhere. Okay. Be able to go. I think that was uh, implied there strongly. More from a breeze saying as he watched that offense last year, it just did not look familiar. As I watched 
the, the, the them play this year, it, it didn't feel like the timing, the rhythm, the tempo was that I'm used to seeing right. in, in a Sean Payton offense. Right. I know those are the hallmarks of the offense. That's the standard that, that has been set. And finally, no surprise, Breeze believes Sean will fix things here. I know that, look, they, they've got a talented roster. Yeah. They'll continue to build that. They've got an ownership group that's going to provide whatever resources they need for Sean Payton to, right. to win. And I know this, Sean is an excellent communicator, and he is an excellent orchestrator of, right. like, here's what we need to win. Here's the culture. Here's the standard of excellence. Yep. And now it's plugging the pieces in place yeah. to get that done. All right, so you had a chance to talk with Drew Brees yesterday. All right, spill the tea. Let's go. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't like a long conversation, yeah. but basically he said the same thing that you heard him on Pro Football Talk. I think the big thing was, um, and the big takeaway from that is what he just said there. I didn't really recognize the offense, the timing, the tempo, all the things that are known that Sean Payton is known for didn't happen. And so for all the Rusties out there that say, well, Sean Payton is a bad coach and Sean Payton didn't alter his offense, Drew Brees doesn't recognize the offense. Why? Because it had to be altered. Why? Because Russell couldn't operate the offense that Sean wanted to operate. I mean, that's the bottom line. And, you know, just talking to Brees, and I'm not talking out of turn, I'm not going to tell you anything that, um, that I shouldn't, but... Just personality fit, like this was just personality fit and scheme fit were bad. It's what we've talked about. Personality fit, you know, the way Sean coaches and Sean, you know, he's a great communicator, but he's going to communicate in his way, which is sometimes he's going to get in your ass. And you have got to be able, you know, you've got to be able to either take it or give it right back. And there's going to be that give and take. He's an old school coach. He comes from the tree or comes from the, the era that I played in where everybody got in your ass. Like, that's the way you coached. And that's where he came up from in the Bill Parcells coaching tree. And that's the way he's going to coach. And so from a personality fit and a scheme fit, that was just it was just never fit. It was never a fit from the start. So I, I love what Drew Brees said. File it away because you guys need to hear it again. What he is saying here is that, yes, the offense did change dramatically because I don't recognize it. Why? Because Russell couldn't execute it. So for all those who said, well, Sean is a bad coach because he didn't alter the offense to do baloney. That's all he did. That is all he did. And it still wasn't good enough. So that's where we are right now. And I'm glad that he came out and said it. So you're not gonna give up everything that you talked about with with Breeze. I get all that, but I'm gonna right. I'm gonna go to work on the body here. Okay, I'm gonna start mm -hmm. to you know try to try to deliver some uh, some kidney punches here and mm -hmm. try to work on you a little bit. Uh, did did you get the sense talking to Breeze that Sean has a has a plan already in mind for what he wants to do at quarterback? That you know what that we didn't really talk about, um, but. Yeah, there is a there's a type, you know. There's like there is no names came up. No, no, no. We didn't talk names or anything, but we just talked about schemat like scheme and schematics and and things that Sean likes to do. Um, you know, especially certain routes and route combinations that weren't a part of Sean Sean's offense that were the staple of Sean's offense for however many years with Drew Brees in New Orleans. Like the things that they don't throw because they can't complete them. They can't get it done. And it has nothing to do with the receivers you have. It has nothing to do with, you know, with the blocking scheme you have. It's that your quarterback can't throw it. 
And so there were a lot of things that they hung their hat on, Mike. Like, they they flat hung their hat on. Like, I will tell you, and we talked about this particular concept. You know I've talked about it before. But um, what, what we call dagger. That concept, the dagger concept, which is, you know, an inside receiver running, you know, running like a takeoff, running, trying to pull coverage, and the outside receiver running 18-yard dig route right in that hole. And that is a concept. It's a deep throw. That is a, a pass that Drew Brees, I could take you through, uh, I could take you on the Exos to Drew Brees and show you him complete that pass eight times a game, six to eight times a game. It was a state. They didn't throw it. They don't. They, it's not part of the offense right now. Why? Because their quarterback can't execute it. And so there's all kinds of things that Sean had to change. And so we talked about some of those concepts that are staples of what what Sean likes to do that they flat just didn't run. I think the biggest question I have is. Is Sean, for what he wants and demands of a quarterback, is he ready to work with a rookie? Or does he want somebody who's played? Young veteran, older veteran. Mm, mm, that, it's did a, you it, get did you get any yeah. any sense of that from no, talking to no. Bruce? No. We did not talk like I said, we didn't talk about the potential of players coming up. We just talked about what Sean likes, what a Sean wants, what a Sean needs. What uh, makes him happy and sets Breeze free? Bro, uh, tell me you got that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, right. I mean, he Why wants can't a dude. I be happy? Yeah, he wants a dude that can execute the offense. And I, I like my. You know what my gut tells me, Mike? What does your gut tell you? My gut tells me he's going to get a veteran quarterback that he thinks can operate his offense, and that he is going to that he he's going to draft the guy, and it's probably not going to be in the first round. That's your gut. That's that's what my gut says. Okay. Uh, this text real quick on the Rommelslaw.com text line. Get off Peyton and Breeze nuts. Jim Harbaugh would have had this team 11-6 and six and in the playoffs with Russ. Stop okay. the cap. Hey, okay, Rusty. Thanks, Rusty. We appreciate you. That's I mean, that's just stupid. But go ahead. Coming up, four down a territory, Kale McCarr on this uh, struggling avalanche team and what needs to be fixed. That's coming up next.